Hello and welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Preferably on Substack that's arriving somewhere on the old Substack. But you know, wherever you're listening is fine. That'd just be really, really helpful. Right, today on the show, back at it again after a couple of weeks off. I wanted to go into some uh, Kiwi news, some New Zealand news, particularly how they're reporting about the the local elections and the language that's being used around it. Uh, And uh, and a doctor that got fined, or I think it was fined anyway, we'll go into the story, for prescribing an ADHD drug. Uh, Also some world news, there's a Family Guy meme that was viral and the main topic I wanted to to discuss a little bit uh, is the the depopulation uh, thing agenda going a little bit dark but we will get through that together we'll end with something light and funny but we'll just go into that as well uh, because I think it's something that we need to discuss as we've been gaslit constantly about it right to New Zealand what's the news coming out of New Zealand now I went to the favourite website, old oldstuff.co.nz, today. And some of the headlines are just hilarious. I mean, what will happen to America if Trump wins again? They're already seeding that and the division happening over there in the States. The truth about life as a female pilot. Why women are so woefully underrepresented in the field. Even though there's excellent pay and, and perks, so it shouldn't be like that. So, you know, we're just going to continue to pump out all of that. Garbage. Look, if women want to become pilots, good on you. Good on you. There's no parallel parking uh, when you're controlling a plane in the air. Well, I don't think there is anyway. So it's, I think it's definitely something women can excel at if that's not part of the job. Clearly a joke. And if you're a, a woman who's offended out there, you're listening to the wrong show. So actually I'll jump into this local election thing because there's another story came out today that relates to this that was just hilarious. So our elections, local elections happened in New Zealand and while there was some good things that happened in various regions, some have seemed to have have gone backwards and, and when I say backwards I mean they've gone progressive. But anyway, stuff couldn't help themselves because they've been reporting on this whole freedom movement and their article was fewer than a dozen disinformation, in air quotes, candidates elected to councils. And it says two prominent Voices for Freedom spokespeople have been elected to local body positions in an election that otherwise saw a widespread rejection of candidates who advance false claims and conspiracy theories. Uh, Jaspreet Bopara and Gil Booth are active members of Voices for Freedom and have fronted videos about running for local elections. Uh, dairy farmer Bopare, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, but anyway, who pushes a conspiracy theory about a UN agenda to enslave humanity, was elected to the Southland District Council. Good on you, Southland. Well done. And Booth was elected at the, well, it's a community board in central Otago. So it's interesting. And apparently there was a few others around the country, but then stuff goes into the, their whole Fire and Fury documentary and yada 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 just smearing anybody who stands against this tyranny that we saw Uh, but that led straight into the story of today because 
uh, on the Otago Regional Council, we have our first non-binary local politician. And he joins one of New Zealand's most toxic councils, according to to stuff here. It was a toxic council in the Otago Regional Council. But this fellow, or sorry, this person with ginger hair and a big flowing ginger beard uh, is the first non-binary local politician. And he's going to... You know, he didn't run on his transgender stuff. So good on, good on this person. Not sure what his name is, actually. Elliot. There you go. Elliot Weir. He's only 21, and he's been elected to the Otago Regional Council, it seems. So well done to Elliot and his big flowing ginger beard. We don't need to hear his interview because it's kind of boring. Uh, in other New Zealand, New Zealand, so this doctor... He has been, uh, where are we, Radio New Zealand, here we are, Auckland GP charged with wrongly prescri- uh, pres- prescribing ADHD medication. Now, this is, it's really interesting because why this is being pushed everywhere on social media that I've seen. It's just constant videos of people describing their ADHD or maybe uh, so-called experts describing symptoms or you know behavioural experts, whatever they are describing symptoms and the symptoms are always different always changing it's kind of like if you if you um and ah and then change your mind and start talking about a different topic you may have adhd if you go to the kitchen but forget what you're going to the kitchen for and then go and use the bathroom instead you may have adhd look i'm, I'm exaggerating but it's it's pretty close to the truth at the moment uh, so this auckland doctor was charged with wrongly prescribing adhd medication which is interesting because that's the, seems to be the opposite of what's being pushed. Uh, he's a apparently a leading ADHD general practitioner is accused of wrongly prescribing thousands of doses of Ritalin and other medication. Ritalin and Concerta could only be prescribed by GPs if patients had a recommendation from a psychiatrist or a paediatrician. However, this doctor uh, is charged with prescribing without any of those recommendations, uh, over 5,000 times, and was at a hearing facing misconduct misconduct and malpractice charges before the uh, disciplinary tribunal today. He was an expert in ADHD and well-known by those in the field. I just wonder, the medications were, it says, were Class B controlled drugs under the Misuse of Drugs Act. They were used to increase attention and decrease impulsivity for those with ADHD but the flip side was they had addictive qualities and could be abused for non-medical use apparently the tribunal was told that the doctor had an arrangement with a psychiatrist to get the sign off for the for the prescriptions without the specialist actually having seen the patients it seems like they're just doing a, a workaround to save time but anyway that's just my opinion on that that says I just wonder several witnesses were being called for the prosecution and the defence would begin in two weeks. I'm just wondering. This is this is pure speculation. I'm wondering if there's new drugs coming out. I'm wondering if there's some new developments that they want to push. And therefore, now we have to... I don't know anything. I've heard bad things about Ritalin, obviously. I don't know much about these drugs. Uh, but Ritalin and what was the other one? Concerta. Um, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I think that there's potentially new, new and uh, amazing 
advancements in ADHD treatment coming out and these particular drugs now have to be smeared. Or it could just be a case that they've actually, they're actually doing their job on maybe cracking down. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, on the related side, on the stories on the side of the website here, it says, The Greens, the Green Party in New Zealand, are working with health sector for changes in ADHD treatment. So, hmm, interesting stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it if you're on social media, particularly Instagram. That's arriving somewhere on Instagram if you want to follow. That's probably a symptom of ADHD. Just threw in a little bit of a plug for myself, getting sidetracked, doing too many sidetracks, side notes. I probably need some Ritalin. Or just a drink of water. Anyway, you've probably seen it if you're on any other social media um, sites, but it's just being pushed absolutely everywhere. Okay, anyway, into world, into some world news. This was concerning Roger Waters of Pink Floyd fame. He wrote a letter to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, Roger Waters wrote a letter to Putin. And it was after he read the letter on Joe Rogan's podcast that I turned the show off and went and did something else. Because <laughs> I just, that's where we are as a society. The Pink Floyd guy writing letters to Putin. He already contacted the Zelenskys, got a reply from his wife or some sort of response or acknowledgement from Zelensky's wife. But yeah, the pick, it's a shame, you know, the, I was listening to that, the first 20 or 30 minutes of that podcast on Rogan, and I knew, obviously, if you listen to their music, Waters is very politically focused, and quite the the lefty, and that's just confirmed by when you, you listen to a story, and he even says that his mother was, you know, quite the far leftist, so it was just a... I don't know, it annoyed me. The interview annoyed me. And I'd had enough by the time he read out the letter that he sent to Vladimir Putin. So, there you go, one of the members of, well, the band that used to be, Pink Floyd, writing to Putin. (laughs) In other world news, there was a, a cruel, cruel and vicious viral family guy meme that turned Chloe Grace... Moritz into a recluse. Now, if you haven't seen this meme, you need to look up Chloe Grace Moritz Family Guy meme because it is hysterical. Or follow me on Instagram, arriving somewhere on Instagram. That's arriving somewhere on Instagram. Now, I'll just read you some of the the article. It says Chloe Grace Moritz. And that just a a side note here. Chloe just going on these images in video on the New York Post is. A very, very attractive woman. Very attractive woman. So just going to put that there. Chloe Grace Moretz opened up about suffering from body dysmorphic disorder. And probably ADHD as well. Uh, after her, after a horrific family guy meme. This is, I don't know who they're quoting. Did she say horrific or someone else? After a horrific family guy meme of herself went viral. Admitting she became a recluse. The Kick-Ass star revealed in, in an interview with Hunger magazine that the joke often posted on Twitter forced her to retract from the public eye. Now, there was one meme that really affected me, of me walking into a hotel with a pizza, pizza box in my hand, the 25-year-old said. Uh, this photo got manipulated into a character from Family Guy with the long legs 
and the short torso, and it was one of the most widespread memes at the time. The photograph was from 2016, and this article is from September 28th, a few days ago. Now, when you see the original photo, she's stunning. She is absolutely gorgeous. And clearly, when the meme came out, she's been manip- the, the meme, they've manipulated what she looks like to fit the meme of Family Guy. So it's, it's one of those things where people have just taken an image and vastly exaggerated it uh, to make a joke. And I'm completely and perfectly fine with the joke. It just says the paparazzi, so that was edited to, the paparazzi snapshot was then edited into looking like her midsection was shortened and her legs were overly long. The shot was reminiscent of the Family Guy character, Legs Go All The Way Up Griffin. They actually wrote this in an article. So the cartoon from the show and Moritz's pep shot were mockingly put side by side, thus a meme was born now look clearly this woman has got something going on she even says from a body dysmorphic disorder but after that meme really i think there's a a meme is affecting your body when you look like her that uh i think there's potentially something else going on there so let's hope that she she's feeling better that she gets gets some uh, meme medicine, and uh, it's just you know perk perk up a bit, get a bit a bit happier. She did go on to say that uh, she did, she became a bit of a recluse, only went out to do films, and it's hard for her to overcome the meme. But then said that uh, left alone and being that recluse away from photographers etc felt great. So. There was some good to come out of it. But it's really interesting because it says that the meme, she's, it says it took a layer of something that I used to enjoy, this is her, which was getting dressed up and going to a carpet and taking a photo and made me super self-conscious, she said. The Brain on Fire star also said she had lots of therapy stemming from issues related to being in the spotlight. I think that body dysmorphia, which we all deal with in this world, is extrapolated by the issues of social media who would want to be a hollywood star that it does sound like an absolute nightmare but uh yeah it's it's clearly something else going on there surely a meme i mean if you had a photo and someone turned into a meme mocking you i guess that you know it might hurt your feelings you move on yeah legs all the way up griffin great meme though fantastic meme whoever did it but yeah, and, and being in the spotlight constantly and, and the photographers and all of that kind of thing can't be fun, uh, but it is also the career that they're, they've gone into and chosen to go into. Well, you assume. I mean, I know some of these child stars and things don't choose to go into it. They're actually pushed into it and there's some disturbing things that, that happen there. But, uh, you know, this is this is a meme. It's a funny one. Let's move on. Now, I wanted to talk... Just a little bit about this so-called depopulation agenda. Now, do you believe that that is a thing? Do you think that that's happening or or not? Do you think it's the, the people, our elites, our, our leaders, rulers, whoever they may be, are doing the best for humanity or want to control humanity? If you go back through history, I would say the latter is far more likely and has always 
been the case. Now, I'm bringing up the depopulation thing because recently I've also seen a lot of the, like the local election article from stuff where they say that this candidate who got elected uh, believes in the enslavement by the UN thing going on. Uh, they whenever you see that kind of language they're pointing to something they're trying to mock it obviously but if you actually start to dig and look into these things they are pointing at things that are they're not good they're quite dark and one of them is the depopulation stuff and i've seen a lot of media that will mock it and the i think it was an article on stuff one of the new zealand ones said that the debunked theory of depopulation and you just go is it debunked though because i thought you these media outlets in new zealand were priding themselves on being the trusted journalists getting all the facts going through all the facts and giving us the down the down low going into all the the deep dark dirty stuff of journalism and giving us real answers it doesn't seem to be the case because if you actually start to look into things like depopulation stuff pops up that's kind of interesting like i haven't heard of i think it's jonas sulk i don't think it's jonas but i think it's jonas joe j o n a s sulk s-a-l-k now sulk wrote several books one of the i think the most well-known one is the survival of the wisest and it's it's pretty gross stuff oh there's a institute also in in california called the sulk institute they say so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the sulk institute and who this jonas sulk fellow is and then we'll hear a little bit out of that book because it's it's pretty evil so sulk institute uh, starts with illustrious past groundbreaking present bold future a mission statement. Every cure has a starting point. The, the Salk Institute embodies Jonas Salk's mission to dare to make dreams into reality. We're going to hear a little bit about some of Salk's dreams and why you probably don't want that to be a reality anytime soon or ever. Uh, it goes on. In, it's internationally renowned and award-winning scientists explore the very foundations of life, seeking new understandings in neuroscience, genetics, immunology, plant biology and more the institute is an independent non-profit organization there's the the uh, the non-profit coming in an architectural landmark wow small by choice intimate by nature and fearless in the face of any challenge be it cancer or alzheimer's aging or diabetes sulk is where cures begin that may be the case sulk and i'm, I'm just I'm not talking about your institute, but the your namesake, who you've been founded on, writes some very interesting things in survival of the wisest. Now, with this institute, it says the history of, of Salk. Founded, well, sorry, uh, Jonas Edward Salk was uh, born in New York in, the, in 1914. And he became a scientist and a physician got a medical degree, yada, yada, yada. Uh, in 1947, Salk was appointed director of the Virus Research Laboratory at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine with funding from the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, now known as the March of Dimes Birth Defects Foundation. 
he began to develop the techniques that would lead to a vaccine to wipe out the most frightening scourge of the time, paralytic poliomyelitis, which we know as, I assume that's polio. Uh, Contrary to the era's prevailing scientific opinion, Salk believed his vaccine, composed of killed polio virus, could immunise without risk of infecting the patient. And then he gave some volunteers. He's basically one of the so-called founding fathers of inoculation and vaccines. Not so much developing or inventing vaccines, but making it very, very, very mainstream. And I know there's a lot of debate in the alternative media and alternative information platforms about polio vaccine so i'm not not going to go into the polio stuff right now but that's just a little bit of of salt that's where he's from um jonas salt that's what he's sort of well known for if you've heard of him that's probably where you've heard of him anyway he wrote this book what year did the book come out 1973 the survival of the wisest now i'm i was listening to jay's analysis jay's analysis if you have heard of him it's jay Dyer, and you can go to jaysanalysis.com if you want to go into some of this stuff. He's got some fantastic information, reads a lot of books that I've never heard of uh, to do with the so-called global elite, and he's just a very, very interesting guy who does his research, unlike plenty of the journalists out there. Now, I'm just going to play... So if you go to jaysanalysis.com, you can actually type in a search bar. There's a really interesting video if you type in uh, depopulation at the top. And one of the videos that pops up should be him. I think he's hosting what's um, uh, Alex Jones's show. Anyway, if you skip, if you click that one and skip the first four minutes, that's when Alex is talking. You skip the first four minutes and then just go straight to Jay and listen to him talk. That's very, very interesting on depopulation now the one that i'm gonna play you well i'll just play you a few of the the so-called highlights more low lights disturb lights yeah they're not good i'll play you a few of the the clips from this video on sulk and the survival of the wisest so here we go but we're not just talking about eugenics and the idea of the preservation of one's race or one's culture. This is actually dysgenics, and that's what we're going to see in this book, in that Salk has gone even further and revamped his theory to supposedly improve upon Darwinism. In other words, we're not just talking Darwinism anymore. He's arguing that survival of the fittest has now become survival of the wisest. And what that means is the the, the elite uh, basically embodied in, incarnated in the scientific class, they now function as the arbiters of Mother Nature. This is literally what he says in this book. And as a result, they're going to have to put into place structures systems to decide who lives and who dies and who who goes into the future and who doesn't go into the future so that's what this book is is a a, another layer of the darwinian cult of mass depopulation that's why he begins the book by saying the big problem that we face is too many people man will have to regulate and 
take the place of Mother Nature because Mother Nature, he argues, has natural functions of uh, keeping balance and regulating population through disease and death, which he says are good. He says man's going to have to step up and take on that role and do the exact same thing. There you go, kind of arguing the whole uh, Malthusian thing of uh, what population growth. Too, too many people, not enough resources. We need to control the population, which is from the the uh, Thomas Malthus idea of, uh, what's his book? The uh, Principle of Population, written in the late 1700s. And that's the whole Malthusian ideology, I guess you'd call it, or theory, or hypothesis, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's very uh, anti-human. Anyway, and this is what Salk had written in his book, Survival of the Wisest, which um, I guess you could also go into the whole um, Machiavellianism stuff, you know, when they, hang on, I'll bring it up. Machiavelli, who wrote The Prince, and I think that was also in the 1700s as well. Uh, Machiavellianism is a personality trait that denotes cunningness, the ability to be manipulative, and a drive to use whatever means necessary to gain power. It forms uh, one of the traits that forms the dark triad along with narcissism and uh, psychopathy. Listening to what he wrote in that book certainly fits. Anyway, this continues. Salk says that man is X-Men. You're all a bunch of mutants. And because you're mutants, because you're Toxic Avenger, there's nothing wrong with the scientific, scientific establishment mutating you secretly through RNA viruses. Yes, he says that. This is chapter 7. Mutations, the exact same thing that we saw with Kessler, mutating man. Well, here is Salk saying that we could do all kinds of things to produce advantageous and disadvantageous effects by mutating and testing on people through their RNA, DNA, and through the eggs of reproduction. The female egg can be experimented on, and we can even, he says, introduce mass diseases, mass cancer, perhaps, through experimenting on reproductive functions in the body. So isn't that interesting? And there's obviously arguments over over vaccines in general now of course they've just been debunked by the media now this is just wild conspiracy theory but it's interesting that uh, i think there's some sort of rna stuff that came out recently but i don't know i'm just a conspiracy theorist but yeah so jay jay die goes on and, and points out what else is said in the book who stands against the movement for this so-called survival of the wisest or the uh, the Malthusian style idea. Who stands in the way of this? Traditionalists. T- traditionalists must die, page 70. The trads must die and the elite will decide who lives and who dies. Who are the elite? Who are the, the wisest? Who are the wisest? The scientific class. The priestly class will decide the new values And he says that the traditionalists must die because they're anti-evolutionary and they don't accept the evolution of morals out of uh, right and wrong into 
anything, right? Morals are part of the evolutionary process, he says. If you don't accept this, then you don't see uh, evolution as true. You need to die. And that's because you are regressive. You're moving back towards protozoa stage, to, towards soup stage, towards muck stage. You're Nickelodeon Gak. We are godmen, he says. And we as godmen will kill all of you traditionalists. This is what he says. This is not me. I'm not making this up. You have to read this book. If you, if you doubt me, go read this book. I promise you, you will be blown away. So there we go. So I, I think it's a book that I'm... I actually want to see if it's at the local library. That'll be interesting. But uh, dark stuff. And you've got an institute named after uh, Jonas Salk, the Salk Institute. That's, I mean, they even said, like I said before in their mission statement, they even said they're exploring, exploring the very foundations of life, seeking new understandings in neuroscience, genetics, immunology, plant biology, and more. And if you, it's interesting that the traditionalists or I guess you could even, I guess you'd say uh, Christians, things like that, they hold God up on high. I mean, just look what's happened to our culture around us through everything that we know, through music, through TV, through how many people read now, don't know, through video games, through whatever they're being taught in public schools. It's just mad. I mean, look at the, the LGBT pride stuff that's going around everywhere now. Like uh, even the story coming out of New Zealand when the local elections, the non-binary person, <laughs> however you want to phrase it, the non-binary stuff, that's an attack on, on all of this. I mean, we can just, it's magical thinking, as, as Jay Dyer says, it's magical thinking. We can just determine what we, everything's subjective, there's no reality, we can create reality and of course, when it comes to the survival of the wisest, these are the people that are going to decide, according to that book, where humanity goes, who gets to live and who gets to die, according to that book. Now, apparently, Sulk as well was funded by big money. I haven't gone deep into that, but from what I understand, possibly like the Carnegie uh, Foundation and others like that. But uh, there you go, that's Jonas Salk, someone I hadn't actually heard of, or maybe if I had, I'd, I mean, I heard of the polio stuff, but the name didn't ring a bell, so I just wanted to bring that up. But that's just one part of this so-called depopulation agenda, whether you believe it or not. This is just one man out of many, and we'll go into more of them over time as I discover them and get time to read up on them. But that is some really, really dark stuff. And of course, right now we're seeing a massive push for for veganism, vegetarianism. Get off meat. No one can eat meat. It is ethically wrong. It is damaging to the environment. We cannot do this anymore. Eat your bugs. Or at least eat your soy, please. And that, that really just does seem to be another attack on people. Because red meat is one of the most nutrient things that we can eat and keep us fit and healthy but that's being pushed as uh what would you call ethically moribund i don't know if that's correct terminology but let's just say (laughs) morally bankrupt if you're a meat eater or you can't be doing that now look i don't like factory farming i don't like the the mass scale of of that there's some 
not good practices. Personally, I buy local from a local farm and that's been great. The meat's fantastic. I don't know, that's not an option for everybody and I'm not saying everybody should. It's whatever situation people are in. But meat is one of the most nutrient things we can eat and people, and now it's, and you see the attacks that's happening in the Netherlands. In New Zealand, they're bringing, they're trying to bring in a tax scheme to tax the farmers for how many cattle, sheep, and things that they have, and how much methane, particularly, is being produced. And even in, as as Jay here says from the from Jay's analysis dot com, I just want to plug him because I use some of his video. He, I mean, carbon is is life the basis of life and we, the whole thing is pushing of, of carbon is bad that seems to be very anti-life almost uh, kind of fits in with the depopulation stuff but I, I also this came up I can't remember where I got this from but it's it's from the bible that's where I got it from I can't remember who pointed it out to me but it's first Timothy verse 4 Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Isn't that interesting? In the latter times, that uh, there will be those pushing to abstain from certain foods. Uh, that that was uh, it was quite eye-opening for me. I didn't actually realise that that was in the Bible. But there you go, something to mull over to chew on while you chew on your steak. Okay, let's get let's let's end it with a bit of bit of a laugh, bit of bit of hope, bit of well it's not hope, it's just funny. I don't know what this is again from the New York Post. I don't know what this franchise was thinking. What <laughs> were they thinking? Bear with me just bringing it up. Uh, Domino's Pizza exits Italy as American pies fall flat. <laughs> what uh, Domino's is reportedly shutting down in Italy after locals failed to acquire a taste for its American-style pies. I don't like that they call them pies in New Zealand. Pies are pies. It's a pastry with meat in it. Maybe some cheese. You know, mince and cheese, steak and cheese. They're, they're, they're coming out with vegetarian pies now. They're ridiculous. They call them these special mince pies or whatever. And you look at the small writing underneath and it's <laughs> it's it's soy and fake meat. Whatever that fake meat stuff is. Terrible. I actually tried that fake meat a few times on pizza once and I vomited my body rejected it and I'm not just doing that for sensationalism it absolutely did not want what, what whatever the hell was in that it, it, I, and I mean that like there is some there's some crap in there some evil crap that's what I'm trying to say but anyway Domino's <laughs> Domino's tried to go into Italy Domino's, the not exactly the known for being the best pizza on earth. You go into a pizza country and tried to compete with the locals. Apparently, they thought it was gonna 
be picked up because locals could get it delivered to their home. But uh, they, they, they encountered tough competition from Italian pizzerias and restaurants that found success by bolstering their own delivery effort, efforts or striking partnerships with outside food delivery firms. <laughs> they all came together to kick, basically, to kick Domino's out of the country because Domino's wasn't getting enough business. But I just find that hysterical. What were Domino's thinking going into Italy thinking that that would survive? I don't know who made that decision, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think the the best comment underneath this article is uh, eating a Domino's pizza in Italy is the same thing as eating gas station sushi in Japan. Probably correct there, good sir or madam. I don't know what your gender is. There's only two, but you know that's that's a retroactive crime in New Zealand in the future, and I'd, I'm probably gonna have to apologise at some point, but. No, there's only, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. That's there's only two. God created man and a woman. So there you go. There's some positive to end on. Something funny. Domino's pizza. Something positive. Christianity. There you go. And uh, I think I will end it there today. Just a another reminder. So I'm I'm back into the podcast, hoping hoping to get a bit of a routine back, uh, doing it twice a week. At once at the start, once at the end of the week. That's the plan currently, and then getting guests on and getting some video going over time as well other than that uh, just a reminder please like share subscribe subscribe is the best thing you can do and if you like it share it you see do both and then subscribe i'm just i'm going around a circle so i'll end it now this has been the arriving somewhere with matt j podcast and i'll talk to you again very very soon